Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start, Start saving, saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Kiki Manning of Seattle, Washington. Kiki will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoy and Aviv Rubenstein. And these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedurals, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories, these are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at Special Victims Unit, Season 4, Episode 16, Tortured. I don't think the blood's our perps. It's hers. Guys, anyone find a severed foot? Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Slate's Mom and Dad Are Fighting podcasts, Rebecca Lavoy. Hello, Rebecca. Hey, Kevin. I've got my boots on and I'm ready to go. They're made for walking. <laughs> and rounding out the panel is our special guest from the Law & Order Special Viewers Unit podcast. Yay! It's Aviv Rubenstein. Hey, Aviv. How are you? Hello. Hello, fellas and ladies. <laughs> Out in listener land. Hey, you're part of a podcast that reviews Law and Order episodes. Lame. Yeah, very, very stupid undertaking. Um, our 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 fans who uh, there's a large crossover between our fans and your fans. Our fans have taken to t to taunting us on Twitter about how long it's going to take us to finish our. Our undertaking. <laughs> <laughs> you're what? You're th to the end of season five, I think. So right? yeah, we're at, we're we're bringing season five in for a landing. Um, it was it was a an interesting and difficult uh, recording season this year because I recorded from three different countries. Um, but yeah, so uh, what our show? How our show is different from your show is. We view and review and just mock the hell out of every episode of SVU in a row in order. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah, we made the mistake of bringing Matt on for an episode in a season you haven't seen yet. <laughs> so, so we're not going to make sure. that mistake yeah. twice. What did you think of Matt's performance on These Are The Stories? I, I, you know, I have some notes for him, but oh. um, it's interesting. So he got the one that is loosely based on, on not so loosely, based on Brian Singer. Uh, and mm -hmm. his and his parties. Uh, I, well, that's the one that I wanted because I I have met <laughs> Brian Singer. And, oh, yes. at a party? Uh, no, at a screening oh, of something. Um, <laughs> and uh, but so un unfortunate. So I'm a teacher, and one of my students claims to have been invited but turned down an uh, an invitation to uh, to go to one of Brian Singer's parties. And I was like, Oof. smart. 
smart dodged man. a bullet yeah, yeah dodged a real bullet. so yeah uh sorry to bring everybody down to first oh. ten, 10 seconds of the episode <laughs> well let's bring it back up by telling us of all the franchises which two cops are your favorite detective team favorite law and order detective team uh well i have to i have to say benson and stabler mm-hmm. um because they are my bread and butter and just statistically i've seen so many more benson now i've seen so many more benson and stabler episodes <laughs> than i've seen any other episode but mm. I do loves me some Vincent D'Onofrio. Mm. Oh, I hear he's a fan of the show. He's a big yeah. fan of our show. <laughs> yeah, can't stop tweeting about it. <laughs> Kingpin himself. Yeah, Edgar. Edgar. Yeah. And Aviv, who's your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite law and order district attorney prosecutorial team. Can I make a fantasy prosecutorial team? Go for it. Thank you. Thank you. I need I need McCoy and a Cabot together. And I know that they wow, have they yeah. have been together, you know, in crossover episodes, but they uh-huh. are my two the, those two are the are the ones that like just have such scorn for the system in in such a real uh, identifiable way to me that I just want their team up every day. But she's dead alive dead again? Don't spoil it for me. We're in season five. <laughs> she's dead. She's in witness protection. I think she comes back and dies again at some point. Now let's look at the first half of this episode. SVU season four, episode 16, Tortured. Well, a guy saying he's looking for a hot piece of ass instead finds a cold one. <laughs> Kunsong Tashi's body is propped up in an alley wearing what are, and let's face it, a serious hot pair of red fuck me boots. Mm. Uh, that's important because, damn, someone cut off her left foot. Ugh. Blade wasn't that thick, but it was serrated. Based on the hesitation marks, I'd say two millimeter width. It's your garden variety kitchen knife. Probably upper end. See the impression here? It's from the hilt guard. Only your better knives have them. He chopped her pre or postmortem. No bruising, minimal clotting, so she was already dead as a result of ligature strangulation. The victim is a refugee from Tibet who suffered torture at the hands of the Chinese government. Now, that kind of baggage can be tough on a marriage, and she and her husband, Preston, have been fighting. Detectives find out that someone other than her husband signed the check during a recent dinner. Is Ryan Kusan's lover? Nope, he's Preston's lover. Surprise! (laughs) Seems Preston has been playing straight, so Kusan can get her green card and to finally win his father's love. That's kind of sad, right? That's yeah. Sad. I just assumed. <laughs> Kusong was on her way to the apartment of Polly Abergano, who has both a couch for sale and a collection of super sharp knives. <laughs> he says that she never showed up. Using Kunsong's remaining foot, they discovered the boots weren't even her size. The one-of-a-kind prototype boots uh, are stolen from a fashion show by an assistant and disappear at the shoe rental at a bowling alley. Believing Polly may also be a shoe thief, Stabler and Benson interview a woman who was mugged for her three-inch heels. She had come from a nearby bakery. The totally calm and adjusted female proprietor just can't put Polly there at the night of the assault. Well, that's when the lab finds a note showing Kusong wrote Polly's building number down wrong. The apartment she actually went to was above the bakery and occupied by the baker's son, Jerry, the creepy shoe guy from the bowling alley. Ooh. Okay, first off, why is Stabler trying to take the boots off of a corpse? <laughs> That's an excellent question. <laughs> yeah. Is that what Warner's for? <laughs> yeah, and like, what is he looking for? He's like, let me just check. 
if the yeah. foot's there. I'm, it's, it's called going with your gut. Maybe her driver's license is by her ankles and, oh my God. And it has one of the better dip to commercial out of your teaser moments, which is, which is Liv going, guys, did anyone find a severed foot? <laughs> yeah, that was, he wasn't even wearing gloves, right? Was oh, like, yeah. Mm. Way to tamper oh, with the evidence, Tabler. The There's glo- one place a fingerprint will be on a pair of boots. It's on the zipper. <laughs> Come on, man. The, the Yeah, the tainting of evidence in this show is, like, astronomical. Hey, but bonus points for Stabler for being Stabler here, because when he finds out that the victim was sometimes was out uh, all night work, doing her work, he says, I'm not buying it. Kathy didn't come home all night. I'd be out looking for her. That's you. That's everybody. Her. Oh, my God. Yeah, but <laughs> he winds up that line. He's like, if that, if that was Kathy, I'd, you know, and he's, and he's like, really just taking a swing. He's like, I'd. Want to know where she was? Like not, yeah. not like I'd call the whatever. I want to drag her home by her hair, caveman style. I'd call the SWAT team. It's like, yeah, I'd be concerned. <laughs> Every time he does something like that in one of these episodes, I'm like, why did people want he and Olivia to get together? Nice. We really want Olivia to be in that kind of relationship. <laughs> we got, we actually got a recent listener feedback from one of our one of our listeners who fucking hates Elliot Stabler and she's like I can't wait for him to leave. <laughs> we have a running we have a running theory on our show that he's the most tori- n- most notorious child rapist in New York City's history. And so they're going to like whole last season they're going to be chasing him and then Liv kicks down the door and he's in like a big wing back chair and he turns. He's like what took you so long and that's the end of the show. <laughs> he's been he's been just hiding evidence as he goes along. <laughs> he's the real uh, Lewis. <clears throat> oh, I'm, he doesn't know who Lewis is yet. Nope, don't know who Lewis is. <laughs> yeah. Clark. Don't ruin it for him. Just you wait. <laughs> hey, I want to say Warner is doing the autopsy, and she says there was damage to the victim's nine metacarpal bones. Uh-huh. See the nine metacarpal bones making up the wrist? Well, there are only five, bitch. Way <laughs> oh. to go, Cayman Island Medical School, Dr. Warner. Be nice to her, because she does literally all of the work in this in this one scene. She's like, oh, well, they were strangled by a nine-inch by a nine inch wire that's a 14 or 12 gauge, and Liv even gives her shit and is like, can you tell me the brand of wire, please, so I don't have to actually do my job? And she's like, yeah, why, yes, I can. <laughs> and then she brings out a, a strobe lighter. What is yeah. one of those black lighters? Yeah, like she does the test. Like I like to think that she also did that test before they got there, and she's not just like doing hundred percent. The- yes, yeah, <laughs> the Rivera thing. And watch what happens when I do this. Click. All right. Well, nothing. Hundred percent. Yes, because she never fails. She's the best. <laughs> she is the best. Maybe she just misspoke. Be nice. Be nice. Be nice. <laughs> A for effort, Doctor Warner. Did Ice Team misspe- misspeak when he talked about the? Uh, painful game of shock the kitty that their poor torture victim must have been playing restraints a painful game of shock the kitty smacks the S&M to me shock the kitty oh yeah the cat. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you may have mis- misspoke when he said the triangle thickens which is <laughs> not a thing that anyone's ever said before that was the greatest most horrible I piece fucking... of dialogue ever who the hell's Mr. Chambers Mr. Bennett's business partner the triangle thickens sweet wisdom from Finn Oh my god, that's so that triangle weird. thickens. <laughs> and you wonder why it took us like fifteen years to take this detective seriously. Mm. Right. I, I, I have like a weird I have like weird memento disease when it comes to these episodes. So we've we've done this one on our on our show, but I like we've done a hundred and fifteen of them. So mm-hmm. I don't 
I was like, oh, it's the bakery lady. No, wait, it's the bowling alley guy. No, wait, it's both. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the Orient Express. (laughs) The triangle thickens. (laughs) So we have a couple of Hey, It's That Guys. Hey, it's that guy. Oh, sure. Who's playing Polly? The guy uh, selling his couch. Who knows that guy? Uh, Polly Two Thumbs. <laughs> a- anytime that there's a last name, I can I just make up a, a vaguely ethnically uh, inappropriate name. Um, I don't know his name, but I know he was definitely on The Sopranos, and he's definitely played Polly in other things. There's no oh, way he has. Hundred percent. It's his whole IMDb page. It's different Pollys. That's Steve Shapira. My Stephen Whore of an ex robs me blind, and you accuse me of stealing. He played Bobby Bacalari. Um, I think that's Tony's brother-in-law, right? Didn't he marry Janice? I'm not a Sopranos viewer. Surprise. So I'm on his IMDb right now, and he has played Vito in no fewer than (laughs) four different things. Louie, Louie, Vito, Vito, Frankie, Frankie. Come on, Hollywood. Roberto, Bobby, Tony, Vinny. He's had two Law & Order appearances. He's also a a regular cast member on Blue Bloods Mm -hmm. and The Secret Life of the American teenager. And, well, I guess all we have to really say is point to his IMDb page that he's pretty much typecast as an Italian guy. Central casting, yes. Yeah. Sure. Central casting guy standing by a door in a bar while the mafia boss sits at a back table doing yeah. the books. Or a guy clean, <laughs> just cleaning a glass. Yeah. <laughs> Endlessly. <laughs> How about our bowling alley shoe creep, Jerry Dupree? He hits on every girl that walks through that door. It's pathetic. I'm guessing he sees a lot of rejection. Nothing but it. He never gets anywhere. Oh, God. I see his face when I close my eyes now, but I don't know. Um, I don't know who he is. Rebecca, who is he? He played Peggy's boyfriend, Abe, in Mad Men. That yes! annoying dude she yeah. Yes! <laughs> yeah. Now, that actor's name is Charlie Hoffheimer. Mm-hmm. Three Law & Order appearances. Yeah. Do you remember... How Peggy and Abe broke up? Uh, didn't like their apartment catch fire or something? No, like something that? almost as bad. <laughs> she stabbed him in the chest with a yes. with a kitchen knife right. taped to a broomstick. Right. Yes, she was, she was trying to kill a rat or something. Right? She know she was afraid of the <laughs> civil rights riot going on outside or something like that. <laughs> it was hot town summer in the city. Not to be confused with uh, with the guy who like chopped off his own nipple toward the end of the show. Oh, yes. Yeah. Crazy stuff. This is how he broke up with her. He was in the ambulance mm-hmm. and he looked at her and he said, your activities are offensive to my every waking moment. <laughs> Someone's been reading my diary. <laughs> now we have a couple of Hey, It's That Girls. Hey, it's that girl. So I want to start by asking who is the baker, Mrs. Krug? I know this uh, one. I got All this right. one too. Uh, so that's Margaret Collin. That's a real neighborhood bakery. I know just about everybody in a 10 block radius by order, mind you, not necessarily by name. She was on As the World Turns Forever playing mm-hmm. Margot Hughes, and she was also on Independence Day Hell playing yeah. C.J. Craig to that president yeah. in Independence Day. That's Connie, Jeff Goldblum's, Goldblum's ex-wife. Wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who is in the sequel randomly? <laughs> I haven't seen the She's sequel. She's like one of the few people that come back for the sequel. <laughs> Doesn't she die? Oh, no, I don't like that. no, that's Mary McCormick who dies in Independence Day. The president's wife dies. 
In Independence Day? Yeah. Wait, remember? That's not uh, Marie McCormick. Mary McCormick. Yeah. Margaret a- Collins. No, no, this is Margaret Collins. Yeah. She lives. Mary McDonald. The president's wife. Mary McDonald, right. Yeah. She dies. Oh. In the- yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't that Battlestar Galactica? <laughs> Same person, oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I have a I have a not so hot take that in that movie President Whitmore is a Republican. Not not that <laughs> it matters, I suppose, but yeah. <laughs> Because he wants to build a, a wall around the aliens. <laughs> well, he, he was in the Air Force, and the like. The stripper says that uh, the stripper Vivica Fox says that she voted for the other guy. So that's all the evidence I need. Oh yeah, okay, I get you. And lastly, defense attorney Gina Bernardo. Oh God, mm, Ileana Douglas, baby. Yeah, right. there you go. Nice shoes. Thanks. I hate them too, but uh, more importantly, so does Jerry Dupree, my uh, shoe fetishist. It's the only way I can get him to concentrate on the matter at hand and not on my feet. She played the sister in Rebecca's favorite movie, One To of my Die For. Yes. <laughs> and she played the lead in Grace of My Heart and sang a very moving rendition of one of my favorite songs, God Give Me Strength. Um, I constantly, constantly confuse her with Gina Gershon. Right. And the fact that she plays someone, and she doesn't like look all that much like Gina Gershon, but I don't know. It's like the 90s erotic thriller niche thing. Yeah. But the fact that her name is Gina on the show, I keep, like, it's like getting my wires crossed. Uh, she has had four Law & Order appearances. This is her third and final one as this character. Uh, she says that she loves everything to do with ventriloquism. What? No. Yeah, that's her thing. Is that like her Jeopardy fact? Like when you <laughs> like when you go on Jeopardy and you have to say something really stupid about like, yourself? Wait, but like everything? <laughs> yeah. Everything. The puppets, the string, the, the splinters, the, the... <laughs> Can we talk about the prototype shoes? Yes, yeah. please. Every store carry every design? Every buyer carries shoes that appeal to their store's demographics. Who stocks this one? No one. It's a prototype. It's not due to hit shelves for another month. Is that a thing? That's it. It's not a fucking rocket, man. It's not. It's just shoes. <laughs> no one has these shoes. Chris, you go to the one shoe store in Manhattan, the, the person would know that. I yeah. love those kinds of scenes. I love it. <laughs> in season five, they do it with condoms. They're oh. like, oh, only one store has this art, artisanal brand of condoms. <laughs> Rough Riders. That's right. This isn't the first time. This isn't the first time we've seen a set of cops in one of these shows go to a, a shoe store either. And no. like, but I was expecting to happen is what always happens is they go in and they're like, you know, who bought these shoes? And the person's like, let me immediately find the receipt of the person I remember from four months ago no, who bought these shoes for, for his mistress. Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have all the paper receipts here, nothing computerized. Uh, there you go. Well, Definitely not pulling out the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, you know, Kun Song didn't own those boots because she was pigeon toed. It's like, how do you know you've only got one foot? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's a very good point, Kevin. I'm just saying. <laughs> Maybe both feet went in that direction. Is that what you're saying? Well, pigeon toe means like they're both spread a little bit. Oh, like okay. I'm pigeon toed. You right. know, you've seen my oh, yeah. footprints so you, in the you snow. You literally walk like a duck. Yeah. Wah, wah, oh, wah, I do. Wah. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm <laughs> splay footed too, like that. Yeah. <laughs> there was definitely an awful lot of uh, extra CSI in this episode. There sure was. If we get a reaction with rubionic acid, it was copper. Well, the victim's foot measured nine and three sixteenths inches. That would make her a size six and a half. Giving us a variably charged surface with the heavier static charge remaining in any impressions. Which will attract this toner. We get CSU technician Bert Trevor, favorite yes. favorite on our on our on our show. 
um, who we found out is a 9-11 truther. Yes. <laughs> in real life? Yeah. In real life? Shut yeah. up. Yeah. Daniel, Daniel Sinjata? Yeah. How can that be? His his character on Rescue Me. Yeah. And we had Daniel as a, hey, it's that guy very recently, but his character on Rescue Me, who is a firefighter. I know. Was also a 9-11 yep. truther. Oh, my God. Life imitating Crazy. art, for, I suppose. For about two episodes, and then that storyline got dropped like a hot potato. <laughs> hey, so they go to uh, Polly's apartment, which on the full screen card lists the location as Polly's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Polly Oregano's apartment. Yeah. <laughs> you don't strike me as a floral, shabby chic kind of guy. I'm not. That's why I sold it. It belonged to my ex. Now, why would she leave a catch like you? Because she's a whore. And she found a fatter wallet. His wife's a whore. A whore. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't know there were two syllables in that word. <laughs> and she stole my shabby chic couch. <laughs> I get a, sh- a shishi or shabby chic couch. Oh, it's all state. Am I covered for my shabby chic couch? <laughs> Polly is known at the bakery as by the kid he remembers him this way that's pumpernickel and olive loaf pumpernickel on olive loaf <laughs> Ugh, that is disgusting yeah have either of you ever tried olive loaf not on a dare no <laughs> it just looks i have actually me too oh, no. yeah it, it's disgusting as you would imagine <laughs> um i was just very hungry and it was the only thing available so it was like yeah. a dare a dare from my stomach i suppose it's just bologna. It's just bologna with little holes cut in it. I mean, they obviously like bake the olives inside the bologna or whatever. What happens to the olives? You just slice them and they're just like in there. They're like like raisins? They're in there. Oh, they're still juicy. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> you, you, why, why you got to ask questions that you don't want to know the answers yeah. to? Not enough horseradish I, I, in the world, I love world, olives. Man. Bologna is a secret pleasure, but those two things do not fucking belong together. Oh, wow. <laughs> salt on salt. <laughs> By the way, I hate it that my local deli thinks that I have a sandwich. <laughs> I walk in and she says, you are Italian on bulky with mayo. Really? I'm like, well, what the fuck? What if I just want soup? The fuck? <laughs> now you're locked the in. The fuck, lady? You're locked I, in. I'm locked I have, in. I have the opposite, I have the opposite uh, predilection, which is that uh, desperately one of my ultimate life goals is to have a menu item named after me. Mm. So ah. I just want to be able to walk in and order the Aviv. And, <laughs> and it's like it's just like a really oddly specific order like mayo but not too much mayo mm. yeah i had a breakfast sandwich named after me at you the did. bookstore it was Shit. full of ham it's full of ham oh. it was <laughs> was it the flynn or the kevin or the it was the flynn the flynn yeah and i would tell people hey you got a whole mouthful of flynn uh, uh, we ruin it we ruin the dream <laughs> Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. 
I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. Remax is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. All right, now let's look at the second half of this episode. Well, it doesn't take much to get Jerry to confess. They found his collection of stolen shoes, blood on the bakery knives, and more blood in the delivery van. He admits Kunsan came to his apartment by accident, and then it all went wrong. Things were going really well, too, until she asked where the couch was. So then what happened? She ran to the door. I stopped her. Asked her to try on a pair of shoes for me. She told me I was sick. I snapped. Jerry says he cut off the foot so he'd have something to fit into his stolen shoes. (laughs) Jerry's sassy defense attorney wants to argue his violent shoe fetish was caused by an injury he sustained fighting off a robber at the bakery who hit him in the head with a hammer. Looking at x-rays, Wong notices multiple injuries to his head. Benson and Stabler learn his mother, the baker, always reacted violently to his shoe fetish. Jerry doesn't want to say, but convinced that she'll now take it out on his little brother, He admits his mom would beat him in the head with a frying pan in a move that stretches the Constitution until he goes, snap! They arrest Mrs. Krupp and charge her for making Jerry into a killer. Well, man, Jerry did confess so easily that Stabler didn't even have time to build a rapport telling him about his cum sock. (laughs) Oh, God. So, so... I... Okay. You all right? I got nothing. I'm fine. I'm fine. Because <laughs> you know Jerry's DNA are all over those boots. Yeah. Don't don't need to. I'm. That's why they didn't ask yeah. him for the for the DNA sample. They're like, we have it. We've got we it. Have it. Um, I also. So this is this is jumping back. I'm sorry, but when they re-interview Polly Oregano, it, it's close enough to Oregano that I'm just going to go with it. Yeah, Abregano. Uh, when they re-interview Polly Abregano, uh, Liv tries to basic instinct him. Where, That's right. Where they like aren't interested in the questions per se, but Liv is like crossing and uncrossing her legs with sexy shoes, and Stabler's behind her, going like, "No, it's not. I don't see a boner." Yeah. It's not working. Yep. It's not like that <laughs> porn defense we had that time. Where is the payoff scene where she does that with Jerry, though? Like, we didn't get that, and I really wanted it. Well, but the, we do we do kind of get that, but but it's like it's like alluded to, because when we meet Ileana Douglas, she's wearing orthopedic mm-hmm. shoes, and she's like, he won't stop masturbating unless I wear these shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't give them what they want. <laughs> I just need him to pay attention to me. <laughs> so let's talk about them. Gina and Alex Cabot have a very gentle rapport. Dr. Shelton, say I had the urge to call opposing counsel an uptight, self-righteous little bitch. My frontal lobe knows that means sanctions and it keeps my mouth shut. Uh, Ileana likes to bait her. They're fun together. I like them. It's I almost do. like they went to law school together and now they're on opposite sides or they're something fighting like that. each other. <laughs> I would watch the prequel show about the two of them as roommates in law school. 100%. <laughs> well, again, the, you know, the dialogue in this episode has been exceptional. Okay, any record of bowling alley guy crossing the foul line? You've offered a very provocative theory. What it lacks in substance, it makes up for in pretty colors. What do we got? DNA? Prints? No, but something's definitely afoot. Okay, she didn't take them. I did. For what I thought was a hot date. What, he knock your boots off? 
I had a ride home in my stocking feet. At least you got to keep both the years. The next woman wasn't so lucky. Because some of it's been really bad and some of it's been really snappy. Yeah. Um, but she's got a great uh, line when she is cross when she is giving direct examination of her expert witness, talking about how the brain works. So if I said that opposing counsel was a bitch, I knew that I would get sanctioned, so I wouldn't do that. <laughs> way to sneak it in. That's like the prosecutorial way of saying, I'll do respect. I'll yeah, do respect exactly. you're a bitch. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I would never say that. <laughs> in, a, in a court of law, I'll do respect. <laughs> Bless your heart. Bless your heart. <laughs> Bless your heart. You guys are Southern, right? Bless your heart. <laughs> um, in, in Boston, they just say, not for nothing. Exactly. Not yeah, for nothing. Yeah. You also mentioned that, that Jerry's reasoning for for cutting off the foot is that it looked the shoe looked better with a foot in it. Like he didn't have access yeah. to like newspaper or <laughs> oh. you know, whatever they put in the shoe store. Right. Make a little paper mache. Yeah. He says she had these perfect little feet. Now, first off, racist. Yeah. So we'll just yeah. let it go. Yeah. 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 Asian girl with perfect little feet. Those feet were tortured into her. Yeah. Mm. But if they're so small, they're not gonna fit any of those shoes. That was the problem in the first place. They're right. not gonna look good. She needs an- <laughs> he needs another foot to put in to yeah. to fix to fill the shoe for the her small foot. Yeah. It's funny they would find traces of blood, but not the fucking foot. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't I mean, know what really- he wanted to you don't want to know what he did with that foot. He's <laughs> like, it's not good anymore. <laughs> oh you don't it's want all it. soft. Guys, you mm. don't want it. I'm like, listen, I'm on your side. I'm on your side now. You don't want it. It's in the olive the loaf. South. <laughs> what do you think of the olive loaf? <laughs> oh God. Um, also, also immediately, immediately when they confront Jerry about this is like a classic SVU trope um, when they confront Jerry about the shoe fetish. She said that she found you wearing a pair like this when you were five. I'm not gay. I just like the way that they look. She's like. First things first, I'm not gay. <laughs> I, I am a murderer and a shoe fetishist, and I might have a brain injury, but I am not a homosexual. So I just want that on record. And I Noted. killed somebody and cut off her foot. Yeah. <laughs> but, dot, 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 <laughs> I don't like dudes. Her, okay. <laughs> things were going so well until she asked about the couch. Yeah. <laughs> So in this episode, as in every episode, Huang just walks through and is like... Because you got a shoe fetish. It's a shoe fetish. And then leaves. Mm-hmm. Right? I feel like he should appear on screen sliding backwards, like rubbing <laughs> his hands together, and then say something. Mm, she's obviously from Tibet. And then slide out of the frame the way he came in. It, it, is, clear to, it is clear to me that Wong is a figment of Cragen's imagination. And, and only comes in as a projection because even in this episode, he like walks in silently and only Cragen addresses him. Like Cragen mm. allows him to speak. I don't know. George, bondage discipline track for you? These old scars are political torture. I think like Cragen summons him yeah. like a witch's coven. It's, it's like his uh, his demon from the from the bottle. Yeah, because it's, it's very easy to forget because they don't talk about it a lot is that. Wong is not with the police department. No. He's with the FBI. Yes. At this point in the series? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the how he gets there, <laughs> does he have a destiny? Does he just kind of wander over? It's like, I don't want to go they have a Wong uptown. Phone. I want line. <laughs> they have a Wong phone. It's Cragen's brain. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel a little bit bad for like judging the food, the 
foot fetish thing so harshly with this episode. Yeah. I mean, it's not very sex positive. Like, granted, he did kill somebody and cut off her actual foot. Yeah. But like, so what if someone likes to jack it with shoes? Who cares? I mean, really, it doesn't, you know. <laughs> and, and, and Wong says, it's like, it's a simple re- miswiring. It could just be cross wiring in the control map of the brain. The genitals are right next to the feet. <laughs> Is that what? true? <laughs> is that like a circuit board situation <laughs> missed it by that much <laughs> can i just ask one other question yeah there are trademark techniques used by the chinese military occupying tibet i'd say she was tibetan maybe she was a nun i understand their favorite target right agent huang according to physicians for human rights of which i'm a member was um munch blaming huang dr george huang yep. for torturing the 100%. tibetans 100%. You're Chinese. Was, you did the torture. That's what it. was, like, we learn about the torture from Huang. And yeah. then Munch is like, but wasn't that you? <laughs> That's also a little bizarre that, that Wong wordlessly walks in the room, delivers the history of Asia for all of the white people in the room and iced tea. And, and then Munch is like, yeah, but that was you, right? You did it. You did it. It's like, no. <laughs> Not me personally. I have an alibi. I was here. <laughs> making, making wild assumptions about your suspects. <laughs> Bringing up random obscure diseases from the DSM to diagnose your suspects with. <laughs> but also like no- notoriously uh, politically correct and thoughtful show they also go to a tibetan restaurant called hello dolly and this yes. is this is something that i missed the first time which is i just thought that it was called hello dolly like the musical or whatever but it is <laughs> it is actually spelled hello dalai like dalai lama and yeah. that yeah. is offensive Yes. Also, when you go, you're supposed to get the Dalai Lama kebabs. Yeah. Oh, Are oh. you? Yeah, the Lama kebabs. Yeah, I don't think so. Do they have like a like a Dal- a Dalai menu? That's <laughs> <laughs> also a stretch. <laughs> What's the soup of the Dali? You know, it's amazing at Hello Dolly when you finish the sandwich, yeah. another one is just born for you on your plate. Oh, oh wow. you know what? No, I so. You you go up to the counter and you say, make me one with everything. With everything, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, seriously, we are obviously just making jokes about the fact that the show is insensitive. That's right. We are not being insensitive. Tibetans, don't at us. I am, I am specifically making jokes about Tibetans. Yeah. <laughs> and, my, and my name is Matthew Reuter. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget, Italians should come after you too, Matt. <laughs> Okay, so by the way, it's a bakery. Mm. So why is she hitting him with a frying pan? Mm. And why do they have olive loaf? <laughs> well, well a, I think yeah. both. I think those things are are two sides of the same coin. They do sandwiches and fry up some yeah. eggs and some olive loaf on pumpernickel. <laughs> Everyone throws up. It's a great time. But shouldn't she be hitting him with a muffin tin? Sure. Uh, maybe or a blender. I don't know. A blender. <laughs> a whisk. A big. What are those big mixers? Yeah. With the kind you have, Ribbit. What is that? The KitchenAid. The KitchenAid. <laughs> <laughs> and he's always like, not in the head, Ma. Not in the head. Oh. He like he knew he shouldn't get hit in the head. Yeah, Poor because Jerry. because the do- it's like Rocky Five. The doctor has told him you get hit in the head one more time and you will have a shoe fetish. <laughs> <laughs> so in the end. They decide they're going to arrest the mob. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Placing you under arrest. What for? The murder of Kunsong Bennett. Oh, that's insane. I had nothing to do with that. Yeah, you did. Because the injuries that turned Jerry into a killer. What? 
That's depraved indifference. Murder, too. Yeah, they don't give a shit about the Constitution on this show. They interviewed that little boy, Brendan, without his parents around or a lawyer. Yeah, Mm. this is this is one of Matt's big pet peeves. And I was like, so, so okay with it. I was like, yeah, talk (laughs) talk to the kid, whatever. He seems like he can take care of himself. <laughs> He's got a good memory, but they also they also do a complete about face. Like this is kind of it's just a bad faith argument because they do a complete about face from what Cabot's original argument was, which is that you can't, even though your um, violent tendencies may be you might be like prone to violence. This head injury doesn't necessarily guarantee you're going to be violent. And then they're like, oh, the mom did it. Yeah, he she turned him into a violent criminal, and so like right. she's undercutting her own argument which is like whatever it's the end of the episode we're mm. landing this bird <laughs> <laughs> i like when alex tells the cops you know because that mom was in the stand and says it was the you know intruder with the attack yeah. and then she says to the cops find me evidence that the mom perjured herself and they're like all right yeah yeah sure <laughs> no problem we'll talk to that one firefighter I who mean, remembers I, seven years ago I, <laughs> everything everything oh yeah one pupil was dilated the other people wasn't <laughs> He wasn't in the bakery. He was upstairs, crying like a little bitch, <laughs> sucking his thumb and holding on to a pair of pumps. <laughs> well, that that Jesus. might be the reason that he remembers. He's like, I've never seen someone cry like that. Like, such uh. a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is one of the few uh, episodes I've seen where there, it's, it's really just like a case of bad luck, right? Like, the whole first half of the episode is, is this... Uh, exploration of of the torture of the Tibetans by the communist Chinese, and it turns out like nope, she just wrote an address down wrong. If only she had a uh, you know, she didn't have dyslexia. She'd be alive. <laughs> Poor Kunsung would be alive today. <laughs> what have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Ripped from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know. This episode is inspired by the serial killer Jerry Brudos, known as the Shoe Fetish Slayer. Born in 1939, Brudos developed a fetish as a child for high-heeled shoes and women's underwear. He tried stealing his first grade teacher's shoes. As a teen, he'd attack women, knock them unconscious and run off with their shoes. After spending time in an Oregon psychiatric hospital, Brudos married and fathered two children, but soon took to prowling the neighborhood to steal shoes and panties. He strangled to death four women between 1968 and 1969. Among his victims was a 19-year-old door-to-door encyclopedia saleswoman and a 23-year-old in a broken-down car. After the murders, Brudos would bring the bodies to his garage, dress up in women's clothes, rape and mutilate the corpses, then dump them in a nearby river. Police warned co-eds to be on the lookout for suspicious men. One woman reported Brudos had been calling her for a date. In his garage, investigators found copper wire which matched that used to tie the bodies. Brudos confessed and told detectives his disturbing tale. After nearly 40 years in the Oregon State Penitentiary, 
Jerry Brudos died in 2006. All right, so his first victim was a 19-year-old encyclopedia saleswoman. Talking about knocking on the wrong door. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this was 1968. He lured her into the basement while his family was upstairs. Shut up. And killed her then. Uh, he cut off her left foot, kept it in the freezer, and used it to model his shoes. Ah. That's a real detail, yeah. This is a non sequitur, but uh, there is a great documentary about door-to-door Bible salesmen called Salesman uh-huh. from 1969. So mm. I just I actually just looked up the year because I was like, is this after the encyclopedia saleswoman got murdered? It is. Um, but it's by... <laughs> Hello. <laughs> My name is... <laughs> yeah. It's by the Maisels Brothers, and it's it rules. Yeah. Um, and they do, they do a send-up of it in documentary now. If you yeah. don't, if you don't want to watch a real thing and want to watch a parody of it, so this is like the difference between like the 1960s and now. One of the many differences was that like you could just tell your wife to stay upstairs while you were murdering somebody in the basement. <laughs> Honey, I'm like, busy. I'm working. That's right. <laughs> this is Daddy's time. That's right. Where did all these encyclopedias come from? <laughs> and why are they covered with blood? Yeah, we have we have Christmas covered. Yeah, stay out of Daddy's work area. Oh God, he's a, f- a frozen foot and put it in the shoes. You got to be careful though with boots. You know, how, like when you I got to fish out a sock. Yeah, I mean, it must be a lot harder with a foot. Yeah. So one of the victims was a strangled. She was a stranded motorist. Mm. Uh, he cut off her breast, oh made a God. mold of it, and then made a paperweight out of it. Oh my God! I like- feel like there's there's an easier way. I just feel like there's an easier way to do that, like without <laughs> mutilation. You just like paper mache, or it's a pretty simple shape. Or just like look on Amazon for a breast shaped paperweight. I'm sure they exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, now why not go the whole way and make an ashtray out of the vagina? Oh my God! Oh my God! Maybe a little place to. Stop it. it. Yeah, there's like a little... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, Oh, I got there. Listen, I'm very sex positive. That all sounds great to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not judging. That just ties back into Kunsung, which is like, she got... She got cigarettes put out on her genitals. I know. So you see, there's a market for that, is what I'm saying for you. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Communist China. If you're one of Huang's uh, family members who obviously are responsible for the entire torture of all the Tibetan people. This is one of the most bizarre details, I think. Uh, Brudos abducted a woman from a parking lot and brought her to his uh, garage. He kept the body suspended in the air on pulleys so he could dress it up and have sex with it. And then later... He zapped the corpse with an electrical current to make it jump. I got no strings to hold me down. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, this legit sounds like, I don't know, is this like a David Fincher film? I mean, this is crazy. It is. It's it's a Toby Hooper film called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but in Oregon. Oh, (laughs) true. Uh, you'll remember Brutus as the serial killer from the miniseries Mind Hunter, mm-hmm. as the one who masturbated into the shoe in front of them. Oh yeah. While he, it's true. While he was in prison, he would get women's shoe catalogs and say they were his replacement for pornography. I, a truer statement has never been spoken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that part of the brain is right next to the genitalia. Yeah, just a haywire. 
<laughs> oh, there's your problem. Hard to say it's contraband, you know? It's it's also right next to the part of the brain that likes making human marionettes, apparently. Jeez. So <laughs> it, when Ileana Douglas says she loves everything about ventriloquism, <laughs> does that include... <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us. We want to thank our guest, Avi Rubenstein. Avi, where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, my personal stuff is at Rambo Calrissian on Twitter and Instagram, and you can <laughs> you can hit us up. Uh, we have uh, another special viewing unit podcast, so at SVU Podcast on Twitter, and for longer stuff, specialviewingunit at gmail.com. And Rebecca Lavoie, how can our listeners follow you? Well, they can listen to me on Crime Writers On, or they can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Reb Lavoie. And you can track me at Kevin P. Flynn. You can also tweet to us at Law & Order Pod, or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freighter. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Line editing by Henry Lavoie. Content assistance from Travis Roy. Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are the Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. Get your first month free at stitcherpremium.com slash crime. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. Special thanks to the elite squad of the Law & Order Wiki community for preserving the evidence. If you want to know what episodes we're talking about in our upcoming shows, go to lawandorderpodcast.com. Sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are the Stories was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio. It is a production of Partners in Crime Media. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.